Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everybody, this is the Cricket Badger podcast. Each badger marks the track with its own scent. His black legs are short but very powerful for digging. The name badger probably comes from the French word bêche, meaning digger. Both of us have agreed that the Bob Willis Trophy that has been in its existence this summer has been a success. Uh, it's got us county cricket. It's led to a Lord's final. Tick, 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 tick all the way along. And if they can you know, reproduce that in a slightly long, elongated form next season, um, both of us are for that as well. And, and one of the things with this summer, yeah, the two teams that were competing in 2019 at the end of the season for the county championship are the two teams that are going to be at Lords um, next Wednesday onwards for a five-day final as well. Let's have a look at the the, the three groups as they finished. Um, start off with the, with the group that didn't get a finalist. Um, and that's one of the problems with three groups, isn't it? That it's not an even number. Uh, and Yorkshire were the unlucky side, weren't they? 87 points they finished on, three points behind Essex um, in the final standings in, in the other group. Derbyshire, as you said, had a, had a seriously good summer as well, finished on 74 points. Um, Lancashire, Notts, Leicestershire and Durham making up the North group. Yorkshire could, I guess, turn around and say, well, if we hadn't had a couple of bad days in the weather, we might have got to eked out another three points and we'd have been in the Lord's final. But just the way it worked and one group had to be unlucky this time. And in this, in this case, it was the Northern Division. Yeah, as I say, I, I, I can't remember the stat, but the amount of time they'd lost in picking home games, I think, the rain was far greater than everyone else. And, you know, it was typical, wasn't it? Throughout lockdown, the weather was beautiful in April and May, early oh, season. And yeah. then as soon as the Bob Willis Trophy came back, I remember sitting up, it was a T20, it was a blast game actually, but absolutely freezing. Um, it, it really, it was very strange in the, in early September. But yeah, I think Yorkshire were unlucky. And Derbyshire was still in it, proved that last day. I know they, they if they'd have beaten Lancashire, I think they'd have been right up there. It was, going to, it was suddenly, it was a bit of a scurry because it was going to get very complex in terms of if two teams had finished on even points. Particularly that cancelled game between Northampton and Gloucestershire. I don't think it trans, we didn't have to, the ETB didn't have to look at it, but there was certain a bit of fuss about whether that game was abandoned or cancelled and what the permutation would then be in terms of who goes through. But anyway, it didn't happen, but it was still there. The last day, anything could still have happened. The South group, obviously topped by Essex, who we'll talk about a little bit more in just a second, on 90 points. Kent in second had a very good summer as well on 82 points, just eight points behind the defending champions. Middlesex 
Hampshire, Sussex and Surrey making up the South group. And then obviously in the other group, the uh, successful side Somerset, who will be at Lords, finished on 97 points, the most of any of the 18 counties. Worcestershire in second, as you said, had a, had a terrific summer. Warwickshire, North Hants, Gloucestershire and Glamorgan bringing up the rear in the uh, in the central group. So it's been a, been a really interesting little sort of, I guess you could call it an experiment almost really. But in many ways, as you say, you know, a couple of the, a few of the second division sides have punched above their weight, with all due respect. But it's it's almost finished in the order that you'd you'd have anticipated at the start, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, it's, it's funny. I think I think Warwickshire finished third in that South Group without actually winning a game. I think they they did they draw they drew through uh, four of them and managed to finish third. But yeah, just about looking at the tables, like I say, Worcestershire was we touched on more a bit of a surprise package. I think the South Group perhaps on paper was the toughest. But I mean, Essex are and have shown they, they to be the strongest or one of the strongest sides in the, the country for a couple of years now. Can push them all the way. I tell you what, that first group game, I'll take you back to, to Kent versus Essex at Chelmsford. I think Kent had Essex eight down with maybe Essex needing 30 runs to win in that last, on that last day. And they, they got over the line just, but if that went the other way, I think Kent would have been one to watch. They're really strong. They, you know, we've seen how well their England players have done this year and they've got a really good setup there and a lot of youngsters coming through so it's exciting to come to see a Kent fan Moonrise is a sports engagement website to allow sports fans to learn from the very best get a personal video message recorded for a fan's special occasion have a professional cricketer as your next coach by getting video feedback or having a 30 minute conversation with some of the world's best players players such as Jimmy Neesham Colin Munro Tammy Beaumont Danny Wyatt, Monty Panasar. Visit MoonriseSports.com or go to Moonrise Sports on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Moonrise Cricket, let's play. Essex have, have, have done a terrific job, haven't they? Chris Silverwood, obviously now the England coach, set things in motion down there at Chelmsford. Anthony McGrath, my mate from uh, Yorkshire days, is down there now as the head coach. He's done a, a stellar job for them as well. Obviously last year winning the T20 Blast and the Championship and carrying it on, carrying on the good work in, into this season. And, you know, what Mags is doing down there at Chelmsford is really good and it's a, it's a, it's a nice little club and I say that in, in no way patronisingly. Um, it's, a, it's a terrific place. And they are really starting to perform. They're doing a fantastic job down there. And the, the team has learned how to win. I mean, you, you talk about their, you know, getting yourself into tight corners and coming out on top. That's what winning teams do, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. We, you know, it's cliche for winning teams win when they're not playing their best. And I think I was having a look earlier. What they, they've maybe played 47, 48 first-class games. I think they've lost four, basically, in the last four seasons and, and won 30 of those games. Like, it's just incredible. They... You know, winning is a habit and they just keep doing it. And as you say, traditionally a, a smaller club in inverted commas, but actually it's such a great, it's, it's in the middle of the city. It's, such a good, they've got a good fan base. It's a good family club. They're built on, you know, um, people like Graham Gooch and Keith Fletcher are always down there in the corner. They, you know, they have that cricket advisory committee. Ronnie Irani still involved. Again, at the top end, they've got Sir Alistair Cook and, and Tom Wesley's now skipper. They've all been at the club for years. There's a lot of academy graduates. It's a really well-run club, and it's a good advert for county cricket. Actually, these counties that aren't test grounds are thriving, and it, it, it's really nice to see it. It's a lovely place to go and watch cricket as well. Like it, that's one of those places, you know, as we were saying earlier, of a day watching county cricket. Going down to Chelmsford in the sun is lovely. 
Let's have a look at the, the batsmen that have done really well this uh, this summer. Jake Libby at Worcestershire. He's the highest scorer across all of the Bob Willis Trophy. 498 runs at an average of 55. Ben Slater, a former guest on the Cricket Badger podcast. Really good to see him doing well for both Leicestershire and Nottinghamshire. And he punished Lancashire, didn't he, twice with uh, yeah. 200s. 425 runs for him. Will Rhodes, a former Yorkie, is 423 runs on the board. Ben Duckett had a good season too, 394 runs for him. Alex Lees, another former Yorkie, 386 runs there. Daryl Mitchell, 384 and the rest are, are kind of continuing there. I obviously did that in runs order rather than average order, but a lot of good performances around the various counties. Some people sticking their names up for, as we said, you know, future selection for England. A, a couple of people sort of consolidating reputations and, and Ben Slater being one of those really, who was seen as being a little bit surplus at Knotts at the start of the season, sent out on loan to Leicestershire, scored a, sh- a shed load of runs for them, came up to Knotts and started scoring runs again for them too. Yeah, he's been in... Uh, Really impressive form. You know, they've got a good... It's funny, not... Did they win a game? They haven't won a, a championship game in a, a long, long time. But actually, that top four they've got is quite fantastic when it's firing. It just hasn't quite fired. But to have him, as you say, it's sort of funny, isn't it? For the start of the season, he was out of the side and all of a sudden he goes and gets 175. It's a funny game, isn't it? 172, I think, he got. And then he got a pair in the following game. But, of course, came back to not... So it's, it's great to see him uh, do well. You know, he's another one, uh, uh, as we touched on earlier, a lost talent to, you know, Derbyshire lost him to the to not having brought him through the academy. And actually, if we have this new Bob Willis trophy format or, or whatever it's called, that might not happen. But yeah, great to see him. Ben Duckett, of course, has had a, a difficult few years after kind of bursting onto the scene and having that really heavy run scoring season with not. But it, Jake Libby has been so impressive. Worcestershire. He's scoring runs in the T20 as well. And he's a man, actually, who's he, I, he did really well at the start of his career, but hasn't quite pushed on and and didn't get a look in with not signing other batsmen. So he's made a move to Worcestershire and it's really paid off. Him and Daryl Mitchell are top of the order. I think Worcestershire have been one of the top run scoring sides in the country and they've just built such a solid foundation. And it's a real signing of intent for Worcestershire, I think, in the past. They sometimes they have to either pick up players very early and take a gamble or pick up players later in their career. But actually to get someone coming into their prime, I think is a really good signing for the club and shows where they're at at the moment. So yeah, it's an impressive season for him. And as you say, in any other year, he might have been on the cusp of an England debut, but actually he's now probably going to have to go and recreate that again next year. But fingers crossed. It's funny with um, players moving on to different counties. Uh, I mean, we talk about knots. They've, they've poached people from all over the place, haven't they? But they, I, I sometimes see Yorkshire fans say, well, look at Alex Lees, look at XYZ, Will Rose, etc. around the rest of the country. They're doing really well. We should have kept them. But I remember talking to Ian Dews, who was the academy director, still very much involved at Yorkshire, about it's all about who you keep in their stead. You know, do do they do a good job for Yorkshire when Will Rhodes goes? Who do you keep in that slot? And that that's what you end up judged on. Judged on. You know, he, he said, you know, if you get into the Yorkshire Academy and get yourself a pro deal, you're not a bad player. You're going to be, you know, you've got a county future ahead of you. But sometimes you've only got eleven shirts, and you you have to maybe give people the opportunity to go on and get cricket elsewhere. And, and the other part of the of that conversation is that sometimes. As a youngster, you can get a little bit comfortable, can't you? You've grown up with the academy lads. You then come in and you're, you're kind of fairly comfortable in that county. And having to move away and getting a new pad and setting yourself up and having to make new friends and, and proving yourself all over again at a new county, sometimes is the 
the catalyst you need, the challenge you need to suddenly kickstart your career on. And yeah, so moving a club sometimes does actually really help somebody. Yeah, I completely agree. It's, you know, sometimes it's just as, as the circumstances. And actually, it's a really brave move, like you say. You know, it's easy to, if you've been at cricket more so than many other sports, you're around the same people day in, day out. It could be for years. You've come through the academy. You know the coaches. Often, often the coaching staff, you know, start coaching the academy and work their way up to the first team as well. So actually to say, okay, this I might be doing okay, all right here, but I'm not quite fulfilling my potential. And I'm going to go and and get a new challenge and find something a bit different. I mean, Jack Leaning's another one, I think, at, who left Yorkshire, of course, and went down to Kent and started off with a double hundred. And I think a lot of, you speak to a lot of county coaches, they see it, I know it's difficult for fans to take, but they see it as a mark of success. As you say, 15, 16 into 11 just doesn't go. Not everyone can play and want to see players who actually want to be out there playing cricket. And you have to, it's bittersweet, but you have to see it as a, a sign that your academy is, working and you're doing the right thing if you've got players that happen to leave and go on and do out do well elsewhere occasionally you know it'll be a it won't quite work out either for the player or for the club maybe the guy they decide to stick with doesn't quite get the runs and someone else the, the guy who's left goes and scores hundreds for fun and it's easy for fans to criticize but that's just the, the nature of professional sport you know i know that's how someone said to you it you know of course don best has gone up to yorkshire but he just couldn't get in the Somerset side, and there's no there's no hard feelings. You know, they've got Jack Leach and and Don Best, and Don Best is a fine bowler, and, and Will, I think, you know, he's only 22 and trying to learn his trade, and but he has to play games, and he wouldn't necessarily have been guaranteed that at Somerset. So you have to say, okay, it's sad, but it's time to move on, and, and there's, there's no grudges, there's no one, there's no bad feeling about that sort of move. The leading wicket-taker in the Bob Willis Trophy, oh, no surprise, Simon Harmer, 34 wickets, the Essex spinner. Darren Stevens rolling back the years, as we say, probably said for the last decade, with uh, 29 wickets there. Craig Overton with 28, Tim Murta with 25, Oliver Hannan-Dolby, another former Yorkie, 25 for him. Josh Davey, 24, Amir Verdi, promising spinner, 22 from him, and Jamie Porter, 21 for Essex. There's um, some good performances there as well. Just scroll a little bit further down the list because Ben Code, the Yorkshire bowler, he's uh, he's picked up a load of wickets as well, a very low average too. How England keep ignoring him for a, for even Lions trips is, is beyond me. But yeah, really good performances there as well. And I, I know I spoke to a few um, county players about you know a potential season earlier on in the summer, and they were saying you know it's it's not gonna it's gonna be a slightly different county championship this year because it's all been played in the height of the summer rather than you know usually they start in April May where the ball's seeming around all over the place and in in many ways some of those bowlers like Darren Stevens there who always get that tag they've proved they can do it whenever they're asked to do it. Yeah, I know he did. They're kind of Stevens is almost, and I wouldn't say underrated, but people say, oh, you know, he just bowled kind of medium pace or whatever. But actually, I, I was very, I've been very fortunate in the last few weeks to speak to a lot of his teammates and former teammates of the piece, and they all say how actually, oh, okay, he might bowl low seventies, but his skill level is up there with anybody else. You guys are telling me about when he played against Puma Sam Rakara at Beckenham. Like well, this guy, just has got to the skill set as, as anyone, and you know, there's some really top quality bowlers and like you say Code missed a few games for injury didn't he and came back and did really well but yep. him, him and Jamie Porter at Essex I think can count themselves really unlucky not to have pushed on for, to, have, to have had that test cap because they take wickets for fun at, at county level and, and Division 1 too as well at test grounds often See, I think it's often um, often thought by people people are obsessed with pace I mean we 
talk about Joffre Archer all the time, don't we? And check the speed gun after every ball he bowls. And yeah, Ben Codes and, and Jamie Porter may be a little bit down on pace, but they're still flipping good bowlers. And uh, yeah, England should at least try them out, I think, on a, on a Lions trip somewhere to just to see what they can give because both good lads and both very fine bowlers. Let's have a look ahead, though, Sam, to the Bob Willis Trophy Final, something I never thought I'd be saying on the Cricket Badger podcast when we approach this season. But we have a Bob Willis Trophy Final, five days at Lord's, starting on Wednesday the 23rd. It's a showpiece, isn't it? It's a chance for the county championship to shine. Just a shame it's not going to be on, on, on TV, isn't it? You know, often Sky cover the last game of the season. They did Essex-Somerset last summer. This time it doesn't quite fit into the schedules for obvious reasons. And it's a real shame that more people aren't going to get, going to, get to see it. It is. It's so disappointing that, and you know, it, it can't be helped. Some of these things, I don't know the ins and outs, and I'm sure there's far more going on than I can grasp. But yeah, it would just be wonderful because this is the two best sides in county cricket, in my opinion, and, all, and also based on the stats last year. They were one or two, they were number one and two last year. Actually, weird, funnily enough, it's like all that's changed in 2020, but actually, on the 23rd of September last year, Somerset and Essex were taking each other on for the chance to win the, the title, and they'll be doing exactly the same this year. You know, it's proven that they're, they're both wonderful cricket sides, they're similar clubs, and it would just be such a good occasion. And actually, it's going to be a real test because so much is made of the, the surface down at Taunton with their spinners. And, you know, it's changed from 10 years ago where it was always 400 plays 400. It's a completely different kettle of fish now. And likewise with Essex and Simon Harmer at Chelmsford. Actually, that a neutral venue, that's all taken away from it. We're playing at Lords, which is one of the, the finest neutral venues in the land and it's just going to be a real test of cricketing skill and it's going to be it could be a fantastic game particularly both sides play to their abilities as you say it's a shame there's no fans there but there'll be the live stream and and test match specialists there the short and bob willis trophy this summer the three teams that top the groups i think are the three best county championship sides in the country so in a way it was a shortened version people were a little bit scared about the weather might have a a massive impact but I, i think it's produced the result that is the right result. Somerset, Essex and Yorkshire are the three best teams in the country, I think. Yeah, I think so. There's a little bit of luck involved in that, in terms of, like you say, with the weather. You know, Somerset was touch and go with that Worcester game and, you know, they, they've swept aside all before them this year, really. Uh, they've won four out of five and they, they would have beaten, the, they had they only needed one or two wickets at Warwickshire on day four, but for the rain. So, you know, they could have feasibly missed out despite arguably being the, the informed side uh, and, and Essex too, Missed basically the whole game at Arundel, but yeah, I think you're right. It is there's a lot. They they are particularly at the moment the most talented side, the most well resourced side. And they you know they've been building that for over a number of years. It hasn't just happened this year. Those sides have consistently been up there and challenging. And it is great to have those you know the, the big sides or the big the best sides in the in the showpiece. Sam Dalling, your challenge over the next minute is to give me the strengths and weaknesses of Essex and why they would be worthy Bob Willis Trophy winners this season. Difficult to find a weakness in them. They've won, you know, they've got Sir Alistair Cook at the top of the order, arguably England's greatest test player. And then, of course, Simon Harmon, you can't underestimate the effect he's had. He just, I think he's played, this is his 50th game and I've got something like 250 wickets and he just doesn't bowl a bad ball. But of course, it's not all about him, actually. They've got Jamie Porter and Sam Cook, who are underrated there. Porter, in 2017, I think, took more wickets than Harmer. So they just keep coming at you. They're, they're relentless, in the same way that Somerset are, actually. But they have this wonderful bowling attack. They've got Saranis to Cook. And then they've got experience through that top order as well. You've got people like Tom Wesley, Ryan Pendershata, who's now 40, who's still doing it. And I, they just 
they, winning is a habit, and they've been winning and winning and winning for years. So it's going to be a, a big ask. They are the champions. They'll go into that into the game with the champions tag, and they're going to be tough to beat. That's quite impressive. Fifty-two seconds that took you. <laughs> so uh, that, oh, wow. that, that wasn't bad. Looking at their star players this season, Adam Wheater with two hundred fifty-one runs, is topping their averages uh, with fifty point two. Alistair Cook, as you said, in there with three hundred sixty runs at uh, forty-five as well. Just carries on, just churning out the runs. That's what he does, isn't it? And then in the uh, wicket-taking stakes, Jamie Porter and, and Simon Harmer leading the line for them. Sam Dulling, your challenge over the next minute is to give me the strengths and weaknesses of the Somerset County Cricket Club and why they would be worthy Bob Willis Trophy winners this year. Somerset, their strength is their bowling, and that's not put their batting aside, but that four-pronged seam attack has been wonderful. They, they, they've, they've arguably got that extra senior bowler when compared to Essex. They've got, you know, you've got Craig Overton and Josh Davey, who's been probably one of the most underrated bowlers on the county circuit, but he won't be that way for long. Those two with the new ball. Lewis Gregory, he took, he's a new ball bowler, took 50 wickets at about 15 last season. He's had to contend with that third team of role. And another man you know well, Jack Brooks, been there, done there, got done it, got the T-shirt. He was key when Yorkshire won the title in 2015-16. He plays a, a bit of a different role now, but actually between them, they're just, their accuracy, they, they don't go for any runs and it, they always look like they're going to take wickets with ball in hand. And that's without even considering Jack Leach, who's only played one game. And you know, if it goes to day four and five, him and Simon Harmer as well could both be in the game. Batting-wise, there, there may be one senior batter like, but actually Tom Abel has really stepped up this year. Uh, he's a skipper. He's, he's still relatively young. He's scored hundreds. Steve Davis has been in, in good nick. And a lad called Tom Lamanby. We talk about Bob Willis Trophy being an opportunity. He's opened the batting. Jason Kerr saw him in pre-season in the net. Said, oh, actually, maybe this could have could open. He's done a fine job. He's got 200s. He's won against Worcester with one of the best knocks I've ever seen in the, in the circumstances of the game. I mean, it's easy to say that when the opposition coach Alex Gidman is saying that as well. I think it's a, a fair comment. So maybe they'd like another senior batter, but again, it's a strong side. 31 seconds over that one. But if, you, if you're going to take well, weight of minutes, listeners, as your guide to who's going to win the Bob Willis Trophy, then uh, Somerset are going to take it, aren't they? But Sam, you have to be honest, Sam, you are kind of leaning in terms of your heart towards Somerset, aren't you, on this one? Yeah, I was going to reveal that extra 30 seconds. Probably, I do have to reveal my allegiance because I, I did grow up a stone's throw from the county ground and my parents still live there. So I do, in my heart, my heart always says Somerset when it comes to any game of cricket. But, you know, I've spent a decent amount of time at Essex as well. And, and you know, that is also a great place. And I really enjoy, they're very hospitable. And so I really enjoy uh, being there. But yes, if I was to pick a winner, I would have to say Somerset because that is where my heart lies there. F- five days at Laws, is that a fitting way to finish this county season in terms of the Red Bull? Yeah, completely. There's no better ground. It's, it's just such a beautiful place to watch cricket. There's, it'll miss that noise. It's hard to describe, but anyone who watches cricket will know it. That kind of murmur of the crowd. I think they've been replicating it actually on the radio. That's just like buzz. So they'll they'll miss that. But actually, you know, you've got father time up and there's the grandstand and it's just, it's beautiful. And it almost encapsulates, I mean, I'm getting a bit gushy about it, but it, it kind of encapsulates <laughs> what county cricket is. I always compare my first trip to Lords with my first trip to Wimbledon. I, it's almost like there's history coming out of every brick of every building as you walk around the ground. As you say, that little murmur that you get as well, that sort of buzz of excitement that you get, that anticipation. It's different, isn't it? It's you know There are some fantastic grounds in this country, but Lords is different because of just what it represents. Yeah, it's another level. And actually, talking of first trips, I would 
I mentioned it to Anthony McGrath earlier in the week, where my first memory is, I think it's a 2001 CNG trophy final where Yorkshire beat Somerset. Um, and I was so excited that, you know, it was such an occasion. And we were up on the coach early in the morning and suddenly you arrive at this cricket ground, Lords, which I'd heard of but never been to before. And, I, you know, I was heartbroken. Marcus Rascothic, who's a hero of mine, was going absolutely great guns. And Michael Vaughan, I think, I think something like short cover, Rascothic smashed one and Vaughan's just stuck out of hand and, and stopped him in his tracks on about 20 yards. Vaughan Va- never does that. Never catches I know, anything. But exactly, exactly. That's what was the worst thing about it. And I think Matt Elliott made a wonderful hundred, but still the, yeah, despite that disappointment, I, I definitely fell in love with the place that day. I was like, oh, this is, and every time I go in, it's still a real privilege. You know, if you go, in, if you go in the nursery ground end, you see the kind of players warming up, and there's all sorts of bits and pieces going on. It really is lovely. I'm going to give you two final questions, Sam. And the first one, I'm putting you on the spot a little bit. I'm asking you for a rules clarification here. If it's a draw at Lords over five days, do Somerset take the title because they get more points in the group stage, or is it decided some some other way, or is the trophy shared? That's a good point. I would, being a Somerset fan, I'm going to say it must be points based, but I actually, I don't know. It's the, it's the truthful answer. I'm not going to pretend to know. Let's break away. Let's break away. We need to find out, don't we, before we finish that, after I've asked the question. <laughs> it's none of those, actually. Sam, I've just Googled it. What happens if the final is a draw? In the event of a drawn final, there will be one tiebreaker option. That option is that the county which leads on first innings as long as there were two fully completed first innings, would be deemed the winner of the final. It doesn't wow, say. It, does, it doesn't say in that paragraph what happens if there aren't two completed first innings. That's, I guess that's a, that's uh-huh. another grey area there. But yeah, so if you get the most runs on first innings, you are in pole position to win the Bob Willis Trophy. Oh, there you go. Um, do we need to go again then on that question? Let's see if there is any clarification on that. Listeners, you're, you're hearing us do our homework live on the Cricket Badger podcast. All right, okay. In any other circumstance, a drawn or tied final will see the trophy shared by the finalists. Ah, there you go, yeah. Um, yeah. In terms of completed innings in the first innings, does that mean that they have to bat out all the overs? Does that mean that it has to be all out? Or can if a team declares, does that mean it's not completed? Or does the declaration make that innings completed? What what dictates a, a non-completed innings? I guess rain affected and they don't get through all the first two innings is the only way that could happen, yeah, isn't it? I think, I, I think if you end up with, in the second innings of the game, if one team is still batting and they're 120 overs, they've still got wickets in hand and they're 120 overs hasn't, then I think that's when you're in. That's your the only way you're incomplete, aren't you? Yeah. At least there, cricket badges out there, you know the uh, rules before we get to the final. And like the World Cup final last year, that's uh, that's fairly clear. I think I think we got our heads around that in the end. Final question, Sam, and thank you for joining me on the Cricket Badger Podcast today. Who wins the Bob Willis Trophy? And take your heart out of the equation. I want this just to purely be a head call. I mean, as a human being, that's impossible to do. But I will do my best and say Somerset. <laughs> Somerset, okay, they got the most points, didn't they? They have been um, a very fine side for many times. By virtue of the fact that you answered that, it leads me to another question. And we all know that Somerset have been hunting the holy grail of a county championship for years and years and years, got very, very close a a few times in their history. Does a Bob Willis trophy tick that box, or is that still an unanswered question in terms of actually a proper county championship? Sadly, no, it doesn't tick the box. It's a wonderful achievement, um, but I think that's why I think that's why it'll be Somerset. It would be very Somerset to do it in a year where there's an asterisk against it, and that takes nothing away. It's a fantastic 
be a fantastic win and winning a trophy at Lords. But no, Essex will go into next season county champions regardless. So in terms of winning the Holy Grail, no, I don't think it does, sadly, much as I would love it to. Essex County Cricket Club, Somerset County Cricket Club. Enjoy your five days at Lords. Wish you all the best and may the best team win. And Sam Darling, thank you very much for joining me on today's Cricket Badger podcast. You're welcome. Thank you very much for having me. Sports Social Podcast Network.